97 of the Better Yet Podcast. I'm Tim Crisp, your host. Better Yet! It's a long-form interview podcast featuring musicians talking about influence, talking about writing, and talking about being around. How we sounding? I'm recording from my brand new studio in here with Chloe and with new to the podcast, Lily, my partner's dog, very sweet girl. These two are, well, they're they're getting acquainted with uh, with one another in the new house. Chloe, I'll tell you, I I love this dog. She's not nice. She's just very inconsiderate. Lily's a little sensitive, but I think that they're going to be all right. They're they're sitting in here with me peacefully. I am. In the process, we are both in the process of of unpacking the place. There are a lot of boxes all over. We have a second bedroom that we're using as a podcast room and as an office. And it's very exciting. This is for the first time in the history of this show. I will be recording episodes not in the room in which I sleep, which is nice. It makes me feel a little bit more comfortable, uh, you know, going and extending myself a little bit further. Hopefully, maybe we get some, I don't know, some some new people in here, some people that maybe I have unconsciously decided I'm not going to try and contact just because having uh, them come over to, to my tiny bedroom is something that, you know, I don't, I don't really want to deal with. But nice swag. Set up in here. We got a little bit more stuff to put up as far as uh, soundproofing goes and deadening the uh, echo in here a little bit. So next week will probably be a little bit more of a, of an idea of what things are going to sound like. Moving forward, we're still retroactively taking interviews that I did in the last place, which includes my conversation this week with Caleb Cortez of Sinai Vessel. Uh, the move went fine, you know, it's just kind of one of those times where that's really all you think about, um, so I've been listening to a lot of podcasts and just unpacking things, and in listening to podcasts, that's uh, kind of what I want to lead us into right here, we're in what would be the ad spot for the show, but we don't do ads, but Mother's Day is approaching, and if you listen to a lot of podcasts, you're probably hearing a lot of ads for places like 1-800-Flowers proflowers.com things of that nature and if you listen to this show maybe you know that my mother is a retired florist and independent florist when she bought the shop in woodstock illinois apple creek flowers which is now employee owned uh my mom dropped all of her wire services because all those places are a hustle they offer deals at a price that the shops can't sustain charge the shops for the service so if you're ordering flowers for mother's day don't use those services order directly from a local florist if mom lives out of town google search a florist in her area make sure it's a real shop with a physical address that it's not an ad seriously these scabs you know what they would do they would set up fake sites with my mom's business name take the order and then send it to her and she'd get hosed. She's stuck having to deal with this order that is not coming out good on her end. And, you know, what do you do with that? Anyway, 
physical shops, local addresses, local phone numbers. Call them. Tell them what you'd like. All of your money goes to the arrangement, not 14 bucks to some corporate entity. Anything they tell you about their flowers being better is bogus. You know that. Local business friends. Support if you're sending flowers for the holiday. All right. My guest this week is Caleb Cortez of Sinai Vessel. Sinai Vessel is a project Caleb started as a solo endeavor when he was in high school that evolved into a full band when Caleb was in college. The project has always served as an outlet for Caleb to navigate his relationship with his faith, his upbringing in a rigid Christian community, going away to college, moving away from that, moving back. That spectrum of in-between, which no matter how it's expressed, is a very relatable conundrum that was, in my opinion, best expressed by Caleb on Sinai Vessel's 2017 LP, Broken Legged, a record that Caleb went through great pains to finally finish and release. This is a conversation that I was very much looking forward to, to discuss that record, and I'm I'm happy to say that we hit all the bullet points, but we also unpacked a lot. I love this conversation. I'm excited to share it, so let's get to it. We'll start with the song. This is Loose Leaf, followed by my interview with Caleb Cortez. I'm pretty sure you're paying as much attention yeah. as I am. I hope. Uh-huh. <laughs> Never quite yeah. works out the way. <laughs> so where'd you grow up? I grew up in... Hmm, that's a hard question. Uh, I guess... I well, I only uh, ask hard ones. Right, so. yeah. I, uh, I grew up in eastern North Carolina. Okay. In, uh about an hour and a half from the beach in a town called Greenville. Oh, okay. It's a, a college town. Um, what college is there? East Carolina University. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I, I grew up in the shadow of their football stadium. Oh, sure. Like, uh, 
it was been yeah an interesting childhood in in that sense um but i in high school i moved to uh a town just outside of hickory north uh, carolina oh okay and hickory um, is like a little more uh like woodsy right right yeah it's about it's just like down the mountain from Asheville. okay yeah, yeah um so that's where i grew up um it, it, it's really strange to think that i've been living now in tennessee longer than i think i lived anywhere uh-huh. um you were just moving is, around a lot, like within Carolina, right? Yeah, then. yeah. Uh, it's it's just interesting to to consider. It's only something that just occurred to me this past well, week. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's something that you asked me, like where I'm from, and you know, I said, well, I'm from New Jersey originally, and then I moved to Illinois when I was 12 or 13. I'm 30 now. Yeah. Like yeah. it's, it's mm-hmm. like it's a mute point at this yeah. point to say that I'm from. But we used to go to we used to go to the Outer Banks. We used to drive down from New mm-hmm. Jersey. Um, but where so so Greenville though that's uh, kind of it's, uh, I don't know. I I haven't been back in so long that right. the geography kind of escapes me. Yeah, like I yeah, only yeah, go sure. far east enough to get to Raleigh uh-huh. or Durham because we'll play there or rehearse there. Right. Right. Um, right. Uh, but yeah, I guess just, it, it felt near to the coast. We could go to the beach on a whim. Yeah, sure. Uh, uh-huh. you know, it would be like an hour and a half like, trip. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was uh-huh. nice. And, uh, your folks, like, what do they do? Um, my dad is a lawyer of, uh, of varying kinds through the years. He used to be like a federal lawyer, then was a, an assistant, uh, district attorney. Well, Um, but yeah, he has taken on all kinds of cases, uh, so does he just do it like privately now? Yeah, now he's just a um, he works for somebody's firm and and does uh, sort of minor infractions. I think misdemeanors, uh-huh. traffic. Um, yeah, yeah. Do you have any? Did you have any big cases when you were? He did. He had uh, some high profile like homicides uh, in, when he was working uh, for the federal government. That uh-huh. he just yeah, it it wore him out, and I think he yeah, is much that. more. Uh, much more satisfied taking care of smaller problems and making smaller differences in people's lives than essentially yeah. I mean doing... that's that's just like ulcer upon ulcer. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean it, it's kind of a just damage control. Yeah. <laughs> if right. someone has you know been been axed uh, in a real way, uh-huh. uh, then there's not a whole lot of like. I guess there's a, a small amount of healing that can be brought to the situation, but yeah. Not a not a great deal. So was that when 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 you were growing up? Is that something like he's, uh, I guess he's occupied a lot. Right. He he did a pretty good job of compartmentalizing work and home life. Yeah. I would say. Well, that's um, good. I I still I've to this day never seen him in court in action. Uh-huh. Uh Which I'd love to at some point. But oh, that would be that would be such a kick. Oh right? yeah, it it would be. I've asked him at different points what he's like. Uh-huh. Um, and sometimes it'll be like met with a sigh and he's like, ah, I'm an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and other times it's just like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I just get the job done, but right. he seems pretty demure about it. But I guess, you know, if he's been doing it this long and he's a pretty sharp thinker, he, uh, he probably is good at his job. I would assume so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> what about your mom? What was she doing? Um, my mom, uh, stayed at home with us. I'm the oldest of five. Oh, okay. Children. Um, but before that, uh, and then I guess for hire all throughout, she is like a professional chef uh-huh. and caterer, well, um, which I definitely have taken a love of food 
yeah. from her and a love a of cooking. Thing, good yeah. thing to love. Oh, absolutely. Um, so but, you're what she's she's in Carolina, so she's cooking ribs, right? Well, that she, sort of thing. Neither of my parents are native uh, oh, Southerners. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, my my dad. Well, my dad is from Miami, which is not. That's the not South. anything. Yeah, There's yeah. No. <laughs> no, I mean that's it's yeah it's American. It's new Cuba. Right, right. <laughs> uh, but uh, and my mom is from lived in Rochester, Miami, L.A., uh-huh. uh, all over. Yeah. Um, so. Neither one of them are really like native Southerners. Uh, they really love North Carolina uh-huh. um, and wanted to raise a family there. Yeah. But are they still in Hickory? Yes. Yeah. Still over there. Um, you over there often? I used to be. So about, um, I guess this, yeah, opens up into band conversation. About a year, yeah, just under a year ago, uh, the two members that had been in the band with me um, from 2013 on, uh, Daniel Hernandez and Josh Heron, with whom I wrote Broken Legged, we essentially made Sign of Vessel like a real touring entity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They left the band in May of last year, um, and the reason I used to visit Hickory a whole lot more is because we used to practice there. Is uh-huh. uh, We yeah, all grew yeah, up together. you said together. you would rehearse there. Yeah, uh-huh. we all went to uh, high school together. Uh-huh. Um, so we would just kind of meet up and and stay at our parents' houses and practice in my parents' basement. Right. Or, um, they both lived in in close by towns or cities, so we'd uh-huh. either be practicing in my parents' house or practicing in a in a nearby zone. So you start you start playing. Were you in high school when you started? I it's what you say, you pronounce mm-hmm. a Sinai vessel. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you um did you start that in college or were you still in high school when you started playing at Sinai vessel? Um. I started it technically in high school uh-huh. uh, in 2009, I okay. believe it was. The first show was July 4th, 2009. Yeah. Hey. Uh, but yeah, started it in 2009. Um, did a couple of like EPs alone in my room with yeah. like a rock band mic and uh-huh. some really ramshackle equipment. Yeah. Um, but I didn't really play very many shows, three or four. There weren't really many shows to play. Um I, I didn't know how to book yeah, a show, say in Charlotte or something right, like for that. Sure. It was like uh-huh. I would play coffee shops or something like that. But uh, when I moved to college, I just got some roommates together, uh, and we just started playing out. Uh-huh. Um, but a couple of revolving lineups later, I realized like, oh, I want to make this a thing. I really like touring. Yeah. Um, I really like trying this whole thing out. Um, so. We were between lineups, and I decided let's recruit my best friends from high school. Yeah, yeah. they're really capable musicians, and then four years together. That's yeah. great. It was really, really lovely. So you know, your uh, religious upbringing, I guess, is mm-hmm. like you know, it's one of the one of the major themes of your work. Was it? Um, you know, you grew up in a religious house. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I'd like to think that. Uh, so I I grew up in a religious house. But I think the difference uh, from a lot of like my peers that also grew up in religious houses is that my parents' parents were not in any way like very strict religious people. Yeah. Um, so I don't come from like a background of like Southern traditional Christianity. Um, uh-huh. I come from a background of like two parents that uh, had a good feeling about raising like their child in this tradition and then and themselves believed it as well but um 
were sort of open-minded. I guess they were like a little bit more liberal than the average like Christian in North Carolina at yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it, they raised me with an open mind. So I, I, I never really felt so much oppressed by them uh-huh. uh, as you know, maybe I did by the community. Is that, that what it was? Cause, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, I feel like, you know, liberal within a place like North Carolina, mm-hmm. um, you don't really have to be that far from center right. to be yeah. considered liberal within <laughs> that. Absolutely. Yeah. But I guess the idea is that they themselves were testing out an idea and they had a pretty loose grip on what they felt was, was truth. Uh, yeah. And, um, I don't know. I guess sort of like raised me to follow my gut, and um, I, I've I've never had like a bridge burning with them or anything like that. Right. So, yeah. Well, it's 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 funny because you know you put it in those terms of like following your gut. Because I look at a, you know venture is the first song on Labor Pains, and you say somehow mm-hmm. I'm closer to peace when I'm further from certainty. Mm, yeah. And I feel like you know a lot of a lot of your output is kind of navigating that spot, you know, Absolutely. where you're at and like how far you within uncertainty you go one way and right. then you go the yeah. other and and the difficulties of of being there. Oh, absolutely. What's a gosh, it's funny that I wrote that lyric uh probably at 18 or 19. Yeah. Uh, probably thinking it sounded cool. <laughs> I think it's a good but, lyric. Oh yeah, yeah, I and I do too, but I, I I think it sounded cool, but I didn't realize like how maybe uh yeah, to use a, a faithful word to how prophetic it would be for the rest of my right. life. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and how I I really like I don't think I was grappling with that kind of concept. Yeah. near to the extent that I that I am now. Um Is it kind of always always going for it? Yeah, you? absolutely. Um and what's what's interesting about the the name of the band I had named it around that time as well was uh-huh. that um I confused so I I was interested in the story of Mount Sinai it's a real spooky story uh-huh. uh it's the mountain that Moses went up uh to like sort of conference with God yeah um and in high school I was just interested in how dark and strange that story was but yeah yeah a lot I, of that old testament stuff oh, is yeah. dark when I when I looked up uh in a concordance what sign i meant uh uh, it said uncertain and what that actually meant was that the definition was uncertain they don't know what it means but i thought that like sinai was the hebrew word for uncertain Uh Uh (laughs) so at the very beginning of it there was a confusion but the whole idea of the uh the project was uncertain vessel i have no idea what is inside it and i have also no idea what's where it's going right right right. so i it's it's funny because um you know i i think that there's a general narrative that comes to mind when you look at someone who's uh who's having questions with their faith and their upbringing and the assumption that you make and it's nice to hear that this isn't necessarily true for you is that Mm -hmm. it's it's not coming from within the household it's outside of it so Mm -hmm. you know i'm thinking like okay this is someone who's breaking away and like he's finding secular music for the first time like later but it wasn't that way at all Mm -hmm. you know everybody was everybody was cool there was music in the house growing up absolutely um what was interesting is that um so I think my parents were not necessarily practicing Christians growing up as like people in their twenties. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that was really, uh, evidenced by their CD collection. Yeah. Um, they, you know, it was not refined or, uh, constrained to just Christian music at uh-huh. all. Um, but it was interesting because they were raising me in a Christian community and I think taking cues from other Christian parents who were like, 
don't let your kids buy, you know, yeah. Nickelback CDs or uh-huh. whatever. Um, well, that's so I was kind of like, thing right. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so I was, I was restricted to like, uh, you know, tooth and nail kind of yeah, sure. Christian artists, but, uh, also had access to my parents' whole CD collection, which in uh-huh. it had Tom Petty, REM, yeah. uh, my mom's whole like obsession with uh erasure like <laughs> oh, <for real? laughs> a bunch of like 80s bands uh-huh. yeah um oingo boingo that kind of stuff yeah um but yeah so i had access to all of that as like a foundational ground uh you know Joni mitchell leonard cohen songwriters yeah. and then also started pairing that with um you know being into the whole tooth and nail catalog, right, and stuff right, like that. right. So you um, got you got all these influences. When, when did you uh, when did you start playing? Um, I'm not entirely sure. I guess 11 or 12, uh-huh. something like early, that. Yeah. Yeah, well, early, yeah, yeah. Well, what got you wanting to wanting to play music? Um, I think it was uh, uh, neither of my parents are musicians, but both of them have like a really deep love for music. Um, especially my dad, I think he has a really deep admiration for songwriters and songwriting. Mm-hmm. But I, I think, yeah, ever since I was a kid, I was just obsessed with music. Yeah. Uh, there's v- videos of me miming, playing guitar and singing with sort of every object in the house. Yeah. Um, so I think it was just only a matter of time. Uh-huh. Uh, but there was a woman at my church who just had a guitar that was decaying in her closet. Yeah. Uh, this old, tiny Yamaha acoustic and just gifted it to my parents and gave it to me. Uh-huh. And I plunked around on that for about a year until I got lessons and then that sort of gave me the foundational knowledge to like start writing my own songs you start writing or start right playing away. around yeah uh i think i what i was always interested in doing guitar was um been doing with guitar was just learning uh learning enough to be able to build my own songs i, I really yeah. to this day have like very rarely learned other people's riffs or uh-huh. uh unless there are songs that i wanted to cover or chord changes i wanted to pick apart i've yeah. always just been interested in like learning an instrument for the sake of creating with it so yeah um yeah i, I think i started plunking around pretty quickly <laughs> um and when you when you started writing because one of the things i like about the way you write is that i like your vernacular there's a Thanks. there's yeah. a propriety to it mm-hmm. uh, like that you know, where do where does that come from you think um i i think so before i ever wrote um music uh, I, I think that w- I first started writing full, complete songs in probably late high school. So I had learned uh-huh. to play guitar for a long time, but yeah. I had not written songs for myself um, until late high school. But before that, uh, I would always write, I guess, songs, but without any sort of melodic content. I would just right. write like batches of lyrics, which was essentially just, I guess, poetry, but I yeah. thought of them in... Uh, uh-huh. Or I thought of them as lyrics. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, these will eventually be songs. Or Uh somehow if I were to put them to musical components, uh, they would be songs. But So I just wrote lyrics for a long time. uh, You read? Yeah, very very much so. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. And yeah, was just an intense reader in in middle school and high school. Right, right. Where did you go to college for? Uh, I went for humanities. Yeah. Um, okay. Nice and vague. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and at every school, it's a different program too. So, right. Um, I essentially took maybe sixteen, seventeen classes with the same professor. The humanities department was pretty small, and uh-huh. the track within it was was really specific. It was like contemporary studies. Yeah. Um, so we just kind of like read everything that she was into, and uh-huh. she exposed me to a, a lot of wonderful things. I read like. 
uh, her dissertation was on like Douglas Copeland. Um, I've never read Douglas Copeland. It's really, really wonderful, sort of like uh, very hyper modern literature. Have you ever uh, read like White Noise by Don DeLillo or anything like I that? I got three copies nice. over very there. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very much that uh-huh. style Just of. Just that uh, like synth you know synthetic like mm-hmm. glassy right right like hyper weird consumer tech. aware yeah. kind of stuff um uh-huh. so read a lot of that but also read a lot of like southern gothic literature yeah which paired right with uh what my dad raised me to read just right. william faulkner walker percy yeah cormac mccarthy is a big one i like cormac mccarthy oh, yeah. a lot faulkner is a guy that you know one day i still i buy his right. books and one yeah. day i'm gonna read all of them maybe mm-hmm. and understand about a fifth of them mm-hmm. mccarthy's great though because i feel like he's such a good like segue mm-hmm. into faulkner because he's got a lot of those same principles and his yeah. his like characters are all super symbolic and mm-hmm. so thick but there's a lot more access to it I oh think. absolutely yeah there's a lot of uh, i probably shouldn't call what faulkner does fat but there's a lot <laughs> yeah it's definitely much more accessible it's yeah. yeah it's like fat and it's also like chewing multivitamins mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> I, I don't know that I would have read as much Faulkner as I as I have if not for being in like a college yeah class atmosphere where multiple people could like digest it with me yeah totally and I could process it from multiple angles yeah the one the like one Faulkner thing that I've read that really stuck with me was Absalom Absalom and that was because cool. it was in a class like yeah, I've read yeah. shit after and it's mm-hmm. just like man I know that I'm only like grazing the surface mm-hmm. with him yeah. No, that that makes sense. I definitely miss. I don't know that I've I've attacked things as thick as that um, since college. Yeah, just because I guess because of that that lack of that atmosphere. Yeah, um, for sure. Of having the resource of peers. You think about going back? <laughs> uh, yeah, but definitely for um, not for humanities. Yeah. Um, I I dropped out in late twenty. 14 maybe uh-huh. it went for three years yeah um uh but i just dropped out because i don't know i was trying to do the band stuff at the same time and right i, I also just had no sense of discipline as a kid at that age i uh-huh. was really really crashing and burning out of school um where were you you were in cleveland right that's yeah, where cleveland, you live now Tennessee. Right? Uh-huh. i live in chattanooga now which oh, is just okay. like 30 minutes down the road i just mm. moved this past summer um but uh yeah lee university sort of a also a, a nominally Christian school. I mean, or I shouldn't say nominally. It definitely has like a lot of Christian practices. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess also a little bit more liberal and open-minded. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was just telling somebody last night, um, cause we were talking about being desensitized to band names and like band shirts uh-huh. uh, and, and people's reactions to them. But I just, I realized that I would regularly wear a, shirt that very plainly said pity sex to like my like Christian college classrooms yeah. and uh-huh. and no one like really no one ever brought it up I, there would some be some stares but no one right. had a big issue but. well yeah it's it's one of those things where you're just like you're like you're not thinking about the I don't know I always I'm in like a managerial role over mm-hmm. at the cafe and someone who I met like through uh, the music scene started working there and then asked about dress code. And I was like, just as far as like band t-shirts go, just like pretend that you're going to an aunt's house or something yeah, like that. Yeah. And use that mm-hmm. as the best way to gauge. Right. 
so i mean you know you're you're in college and you're i guess that's a, a time of a lot of freeness for everybody mm-hmm. and you yeah. were starting to take the band a little bit more seriously and right. was and that was kind of taken over for you i guess right yeah those years feel kind of uh fuzzy to me the the years of me dropping out and uh really big time burning out of school like failing a lot of classes yeah uh, not going to a lot of classes Uh um i just it definitely felt like i was i was a kid at that time um i feel like looking back at college it's it's really interesting to consider how much of a kid i was Mm -hmm. until like the very end of it and then i was like well, I I was still a kid because I had no fucking idea how to like deal with being an adult. Right. Oh yeah. But it's it's wild to consider, you know, that the you're you're not even close to mm-hmm. understanding yourself, yeah. or you know. And I guess it's interesting, like you know, I'm listening to to labor pains, and I'm thinking about the fact that you're in college while you're doing that, and that's mm-hmm. you know, college is a place where pretty much everything that you go in with is going to be turned upside down. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It would um. Yeah, I was just a kid. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so, so yeah. like, what were you? Were you partying? Were you? Were you staying Not out really. late? Um, so, I I wrote Labor Pains in high school and released that, and that's why it. Gosh, oh, okay, that, that is high school. You're yeah, still yeah, high that's school a, that's, that's a high school record. Wow. Yeah. Um, the the summer after high school, I wrote and recorded that one, or mm-hmm. um, I guess senior year, wrote and recorded that one. Yeah. Um, with a friend. That actually has recorded everything that we've done since. Yeah. Um, the same guy. But uh-huh. uh, I, I had, the, as far as like partying and uh, getting into some, I don't know, greasier counterculture. Uh-huh. <laughs> sure. I, uh, I didn't really do that until like the middle of college, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I guess that is some of what profanity is about. Is right. Is like realizing that the... Uh, the rules and codes that I sort of uh, adopted in high school were just um, codes of a community and not codes of uh, something that I necessarily believed in. Right, that they're not sense. written codes that apply to everybody. Right, it's just yeah. Like you're once you're removed from it, you're just like, oh wow, like so much of this was oppressive. Like mm-hmm. I can't even I can't even think about things in a certain terms because that type of thinking is just shot down right. so quickly. Yeah. And now you're in a you're in a spot where you're reading I mean, especially like all that all that Southern Gothic shit, it's just all about mm-hmm. like rising up against the like deep oppression oh, that happens. Yeah, yeah. The Christ hauntedness. Yeah. Is, uh, <laughs> yeah, Flannery O'Connor puts it. Yeah. I um, was gonna ask if that was a Flannery reference. Yeah, oh I mean, absolutely. I, I was certain that it was. Yeah, you don't just yeah, call absolutely. a song Flannery, but mm-hmm. she's the best. Oh yeah. She just destroys the people. Queen. Uh-huh. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And in, in a way that I feel like I don't know that anyone's done since. Like, no. People in, Well she yeah, she builds it up really thick and then yeah, there's so many like you ever read Wise Blood? Just everybody mm, in there mm. is just disgusting. Yeah, really, really, really scary characters. But they yeah. work upon this like sense of self that's just like totally self-aggrandizing, and they find mm. uh, they find methodologies to to make that work for them and to like espouse upon it. Mm-hmm. It's basically like it's it's all like Dwight Schrute, but it's just like. It's real thick, and it's just yeah. like the uh, the the scariness of like telling people that they're going to hell, and mm-hmm. 
yeah all that shit yeah. so so you're and then you're you're doing the band are you is there a community of, of music happening in cleveland uh a little bit of one what was interesting is that i um the reason that my band started touring so hard uh and so early was that i where i grew up in hickory had almost no music community mm-hmm. outside of like hardcore and and metalcore i right. guess um which I I played in in high school, but uh, yeah, didn't last inside. Uh, and then Cleveland also had like, Cleveland has an interesting musical history. Uh, a couple of musical scenes uh, and musical periods have cycled in and out of there. Uh-huh. Uh, I came in about five years after there was a studio in town called First Street Studio, which is where um, a band called As Cities Burn. Oh, recorded yeah, yeah. Uh, band, right? yeah they re- they recorded most everything that they'd ever done in that city um and a couple of other bands that i really enjoyed growing up had as well but there was still like the dregs of that around uh but those communities had sort of since moved on yeah um but there was just the sense that something could happen if we wanted to make it so uh-huh. um but i would i would find other people that were interested in music uh or would overlap with some of the same bands that uh, I enjoyed, but there was not really like a creative community in Cleveland at the time. Right. Uh, so that's why you got to get, you got to get, who is it? Daniel and yeah. Daniel and Josh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so you're like, all right, I want to, I want to do this thing. I want to focus on it. I want to tour. Right. Yeah. For yeah. It. Which I, I more or less stumbled into. I, I grabbed a couple of, uh, friends from that college at uh-huh. the time. Uh, and I said, Hey, I, I just put this record together. I'd like to start learning some of these songs. Yeah. Um, I'd never really played them with a band before. Uh-huh. Um, so let's, let's get out and do it. Uh, so we played a couple of shows in Cleveland, uh, played a couple of shows in Nashville and our drummer at the time was like, we should try to do a tour. And that had just never occurred to me. Yeah. Uh, so we decided to try and uh we did it and then we just had been touring ever since right um so i, I very very much stumbled into it i uh-huh. uh had been doing it for about two years when i realized like oh let's let's keep actually trying at this like, right i fell into a rhythm of touring on breaks from school uh-huh. and then realized oh we could do I this could a just lot more continue to do yeah. this. and is it all like within it's all within kind of this like you know emo pop punk community was that something that you were shooting for or did you just like kind of find yourself in that as well absolutely just found ourselves yeah um which i guess around like gosh 2012 2013 2014 that stuff was like in a real real boom where it was just like you know the whole sort of top shelf count your lucky stars scene of people was like and a lot of uh smaller labels as well it was just like a really burgeoning thing uh so I feel like any band that uh, had, you know, a hint of like Appleseed cast or like Get Up Kids right. in it was probably going yeah. <laughs> to get swept away into to, that To wave. an extent, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I, I totally understand it. And uh, to many, many respects have uh, that sort of cultural wave to thank for where we are now. But yeah. it was definitely never something that we were aiming for. Like, oh, this is happening. Let's go for it. Right. Um, I, I had no idea that it was a thing that was happening uh-huh. until we started touring. Oh, like, oh so okay. Funny. Other bands are kind of referencing this time as well. So. Yeah. So I guess like within, you know, within this scene are kind of, 
like really within any like liberal subculture, you know, religion and, and spirituality mm. is, is something that it's negatively viewed upon or if you have to mm. express it, it's like, it's almost like you have to cloak it in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Were you finding that that were you finding yourself like affected in your expression? I guess like working mm. within that type of community where it's just right. like you can't. It's almost like you you have to present something. You know. Yeah. It, well, if you're gonna say that you like believe, you have to qualify. Yeah. It, or at least I I would usually feel the pressure to qualify. It's like oh okay I you know have some Christian beliefs, but. Not in right. this, this, this way. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think early on when we first started touring, because my uh, first touring experiences were kind of really my first exposure to like contraband, I guess. Like, uh-huh. I knew that people partied in high school. I knew that people partied in college. I like just never really saw it or was around it till like I went on tour. Like, it never really drank uh-huh. till I was on tour. Right. Um, but. Uh, I, I guess when I first started touring, uh, and first started writing profanity, um, I didn't really feel like, uh, like you said, affected in my expression. Um, well, I mean, profanity, I think is maybe a little bit easier because profanity, you're so angry. Yeah, at exactly. That side yeah. Of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, it's and, almost like labor pains might have been a, a more difficult record for you to make to talk mm-hmm. about it in the way that you do because you know right. it is a devotional record. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. And it's I had to like, I don't know. At one point, my brain like really harshly categorized it as like, oh, this is juvenilia. Like, yeah, please sure. don't. I mean, uh-huh. like, I'm gonna leave that record there because it is, you know, for all intents and purposes, our first record. Uh-huh. Um, but I. Yeah, well, was sort of angry that it it existed, or I sort of made a rec- record in uh in such with su- such a naive brain. How do you feel um, about it now? Uh, I I like it. I I'm yeah. really excited that I made. I I think I'm able to sort of compartmentalize uh ages or epics in my life uh, to an extent that I probably wasn't when I was trying to like get away from a certain epic right. in my life. Um, but yeah, I think it's exactly the record that i wanted to make at the time yeah um it fulfilled the vision that i had for it and uh uh, i think considering that i never made a real record before i'm excited about it it was really really detail-oriented and worked really hard on it and there was a lot of joys well and i I feel like profanity too it's like you can't you can't like make a half-hearted assertion that goes Mm -hmm. in the direction that you went with that record. It's like, you gotta, you know, you gotta flip the bird at something. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it was such a a change in tone as well. I was just talking to the guys the other day and talking about how I I just love singing now more than I ever have. Uh Uh, But when we were touring profanity by like night three of tour, I'd be wrestling to like maintain my voice because yeah. I was just yelling. Constantly. Yeah, that's a really pissy record. Yeah, There's yeah, a lot of drive on. Oh, that. absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah, and in a in a big way that uh, touring on that for three years. Once Josh and Danny joined the band, uh, they didn't record on profanity, but they joined the band to tour that record. Uh-huh. Uh So we just toured our asses off on it for like two or three years. Yeah. Um, but by the end of that, we were just playing such exhausting, angry music uh-huh. uh, that I really just wanted to uh, do something that was was pensive 
uh, and brooding and had something in it of, of patience. <laughs> I feel like if broken leg is one thing, it's brooding, that's yeah. for sure. Oh, absolutely. The little yeah. flannel girl put out profanity, right? Absolutely. Are yeah, they still yeah. doing stuff? I don't think so. I think, um, I mean, it's always been quite literally a mom and pop operation. Uh-huh. The married couple, Jonathan and Kimmy, uh, they were, were so, so wonderful to us. Um, and yeah, we had a really, really incredible first experience with them. But yeah. I, I don't think that they're doing anything anymore. I lo- that was such a good yeah. little label. And- oh, yeah. And and they didn't, uh, they focused enough on like single projects that um, every single artist on their roster got like their full attention. Yeah. Like I still have huge email threads with them about like how we wanted to shape the record, how we uh-huh. wanted to like shape the packaging. And they were just all for it. Uh-huh. When, when they like supported yeah. a band, they really, really supported a band. And yeah. Um, yeah, that was a beautiful first experience. And I'm so glad that somebody reached out to make a pressing of that record happen because yeah. it's a really special record to me. And it's really where Sign of Vessels started. In right, a way. Like, right. That's what we started touring. So on. coming out of, I guess that energy of like, you know, you have to break away a little bit mm-hmm. and you're, uh, you're leaving school and you're deciding to do this thing. How, you know, how fulfilling was it for you? Was it, were there, I'm sure there's moments of like looking back and being like, ah, I just dropped mm-hmm. out of college. I should, right. you know, yeah. but was it mostly positive? Um, it's hard to say because, uh, it, it depends on how wide are the, the bracket of time we're looking at is going to be like uh-huh. what, what sort of framework we're going to place over it. Uh, within the couple of like years right after I dropped out of college, yeah, I think so. I think we were really, really focused on making Broken Legged happen, which was such a long and like arduous right. process, right? Um, so I think by the end of that, it was fulfilling. Um, but I'm just such like a goal oriented person that I, I think only recently I've begun begun to like grade things. Uh, on whether they're fulfilling or not. Uh, uh-huh. I've just been like chasing for so long, yeah. if that makes sense. Uh, Where do you think that comes from? I'm not entirely sure. I think it's because, uh, I think the like a narrative term is uh, MacGuffin. Uh-huh. Uh, it's the only thing that like has moved the plot along in my life yeah. thus far, especially in my adult life, like after yeah. college. Um, uh-huh. It's the thing that I have pursued that's got my life from this point to the next. Um, right. So I guess it was like I didn't really you know how to I didn't know how to build a career. There's a sense of purpose to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I didn't know how to really build a life for myself, but this is the thing that I found that uh, you know kept my feet moving. It's always interesting like that, right? Yeah. It's like it's like I maybe I should be doing something differently, but I don't know where to start, and this is just the one that makes sense. And it mm-hmm. seems like I'm pushing without really having to initiate anything yeah, here. It's absolutely. just what's happening mm-hmm. naturally. Um, you know, we, we started to open the box. So broken legged, like when did you start making that record? Mm. Um, I started making it, well, I started writing it lyrically and, uh, uh, at least wrote like the little tendrils of melodic content when I was still in college. Uh Um, a lot of that record was written in this single occupancy, like fourth floor dorm room. Uh-huh. Uh, which was really, really small, like sort of about this this room size. Oh come on! Yeah, it was, <laughs> that's a 
That's a peek behind the curtain. Right. That I'm, oh, whatever. No. I'm moving. I'm so sorry. I, this is the second to last <laughs> interview in this place anyway. Right, right. Yeah. We got a two bedroom and the, the nice. second bedroom Very is a cool. studio. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, here we go. Uh-huh. Very good. But no, it's, it's, this, it's a perfect I'm example. I'm going to use this comforter as some soundproofing when I move into the new suit. <laughs> I can't believe you did that. Just tore the curtain oh, down. Oh, my God. Tore the veil. Uh-huh. There's 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 no power. In I got I now. got dozens of listeners out there who are picturing a, <laughs> a grand know, hall, right? A live got audience. Headphones on. Yeah, yeah. Microphones you pulled down from the ceiling. Oh, like a a real, yeah, a radio studio. Like we're in the basement of somewhere. Right. Right. So, but yeah, real. You know, smallish. Uh-huh. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I don't. You know, we're not going to use a reference point. Uh huh. But it's a small a small room. But right. uh. Yeah, I uh, was real deep into my head. Uh, I think a reason that college didn't work for me, especially as a kid, uh, was whenever I realized that I was responsible for shaping my life, uh-huh. I began to take every single uh, minute little thing to its like furthest extent um, to where I was like, okay, if I don't get an A in this class, yeah the sort of repercussions of it will just like redouble over into my life until I just, you know, am just a vagabond at 40 or something Uh like that. uh Um, So I didn't really know how to handle that pressure and kind of caved underneath it. But uh, that resulted in me staying in that dorm room for days at a time. Uh, Uh You know, I just sort of had food and water in there. Uh, And I would just write and play guitar constantly. Uh And uh, a lot of the lyrics come out of that sort of sense of entrapment um yeah the stasis uh, on this record is really thick right yeah and it's sort of stasis after you know after a record like profanity being so angry throwing Uh things out everything must go yeah um trying to find some semblance of purpose after like i don't know this uh, profanity was a record very much about what i'm against Uh uh broken legged was a record about like trying to figure out if it was possible to be for something yeah uh or being sort of embarrassed that something i threw out was like uh, i think i needed some of that yeah i I I did benefit from it yeah a little bit Mm -hmm. and that's that's sort of uh what that song birth blood is about is like Uh thrown out in your birth blood yeah uh well it's like it's like you 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 get into this point i think that solitude like that uh it really, you know, brings brings you to that that point where you're just like, all of a sudden, I miss everyone, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um. So I guess like that track of thinking, though, that like, okay, if I don't, if I don't, uh, get this right, then you know, here's how it how it all ends. Is that is that normal for you? Is that something that like you're mm. wrestling with with you know, like say, say nobody buys the new record. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I think maybe up until like the past six months, uh, Uh, well, Hey, that's something to celebrate. Right. right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, this past summer, um, so almost exactly a year ago, I think is the time period that like the next record, will address the record that I'm sort of currently writing. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I moved from Cleveland to Chattanooga and um, 
essentially, long story short, I, I found out that like a lot of the peace that I thought I had found uh, inside myself, like I uh-huh. uh, thought that I was like a pretty centered, uh, calm person. Uh, I thought that I was, you know, doing well. Things were moving along as far as my personal growth was going. I had no idea how much that sense of peace and that sense of contentedness was contingent upon uh, so many factors that, uh, yeah, were just around where I live. Like, I was in a community of friends that uh, loved me dearly. Uh, I thought that I was a very introverted person, but that was because all of my extroverted tendencies were completely taken care of. Uh, uh-huh. right. I, I knew who I was going to hang out with every day. I, yeah. I, you know, was never lonely. Um, and I lived a pretty contented life, real cheap rent. I was in a band that toured often and it was yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but when I moved to Chattanooga, I either turned 24 or moved or my frontal lobe just kind of dropped in uh-huh. my brain. And then I was like, Oh my God, what is, what's happening? Like I, I realized that I've sort of forestalled any sense of a career in my life uh, uh, because I had pursued music. I just began to realize all of what I was, was giving up to do this. Right. Um, uh, so that's what, when you said earlier, like when I dropped out of college, have I fen- se- felt a sense of fulfillment since? Right. Yeah. It depends uh, on the, the time. Right, that yeah. Yeah. About, it, right. it depends on like what revelation I'd had uh-huh. uh, and the revelation of, um, what I was giving up to pursue it was uh, a relatively recent one and it happened over this past summer because I think I moved to Chattanooga. Um, My girlfriend is, is uh, a really, really wonderful person that is, has an actual career. Uh Uh, She's 30, I'm 24. Um, But she has like a very like rich life in Chattanooga where she lives uh, Uh and has like a really healthy sense of stasis. Like, not yeah. in in being static, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but she is where she is, and and has a home base uh, from which to like practice things, from which to grow. Um, but I just began to see a lot of my peers, you know, moving from post college into careers, uh, moved to a town where it felt like everyone had a career. I yeah. I couldn't really relate to people's life trajectories. Um, so yeah, I I over the summer began to think like. Oh, I've really ruined my life. Like I would, I would use oh. the word ruin a lot. Right. Um, and when you're that fatalistic, it really like sinks its claws into everything. Yeah. Um, but I think oh, recently, you poor baby, it's, gosh, it's, yeah. it, it has to be life or death, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly the way I was, I was beginning yeah. to think about things. And uh, you know why your girlfriend's so centered? Cause she's thirty. Yeah. You're gonna be <laughs> fine. <laughs> yeah. I. She has said to to me before, and not in a prideful way at all. This was is not her character, but she like has said that like I feel like I'm I'm kind of like hitting my prime, uh-huh. like uh, yeah. and yeah, at this time in my my twenties, I have just like ran towards the voices of of just older folks, even even pe- yeah. of people that are in their thirties. I became obsessed with Leonard Cohen, more so listening to his interviews than... Uh, He's the best. Oh, yeah, than his music. Uh, he, yeah, just trying to find some, like, sage counsel at this point in my life. I'm was with like, you. Cool, I yeah. just, I want to, uh, I don't know. I, I just realized that I don't know how to, like, make a life for myself. I don't know how to be, like, a centered, calm person. And then yeah. the past uh, 
past six or seven months have been going to therapy trying That's to good. figure out how to do because you know what this. nobody does oh yeah it's absolutely. just a matter of 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 dealing with it yeah. you know and there's like i remember i remember when i got out of college and uh and i stayed in in the college town for a couple of years mm-hmm. and when i turned 23 you know me and my my roommate who was four days older than me five days older than me we just started getting on like, yeah, nobody likes you when you're 23. And then I remember going <laughs> up through like 28 and yeah. feeling like that just continues yeah. to be true. Yeah. And I'm like, why the fuck mm-hmm. can't I figure out like what I'm supposed to be doing? Mm-hmm. And then you kind of get to a point where you realize that what you've been doing this entire time, it's that's it, actually a lot. Yeah. Oh, it's absolutely. a lot when you look at it, you know, on paper. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think the pursuit that you're doing is it's well worth it. You right, should be yeah. happy with it. And I, I think the biggest thing that I've learned over the past six months is just trying to have some compassion for myself. Uh, yeah, and just trying to be gentle and empath- empathetic to my own position. You um, got to. You know, yeah, nobody's gonna love you like you do. Oh yeah, yeah. But I think my response uh, over the past year, uh, and and. I moved. I turned 24. My frontal lobe sort of dropped in my brain. Yeah. Also, Danny and Josh left the band, so like that. Yeah, what happened? Um, it was a really, really amicable split. They, uh, we'd just been touring our asses off for four years. Like, right. Uh, Josh comes from a, a like a background of I don't know, just essentially like Appalachian poverty, and and uh, comes from a really, really amazing, sweet family, but uh, has never been able to have his feet under him financially uh also wanted to spend more time with his own family um so he wanted to like you know make good on it on his life and and start going to college uh start trying to like make a sort of financial stable future for himself um with danny he uh he's a super pragmatic guy and essentially he said that whenever he feels like his work is done in a thing, then he's, he's going to move on from it. And I was so, so supportive of that. Um, and also when they told me in a sense relieved because I felt that move gestating for a while, not in the sense of like a bunch of tension and fighting or anything like that. I just felt like that their presence was shifting elsewhere. Um, and there's also like maybe, I think that there's some pressure too, right, mm-hmm. of being sort of responsible mm-hmm. for these people if, oh, absolutely. if it's driven by, you know, the songs that you wrote. And I mean, that probably, how did that, that probably adds to your own pressure on yourself too, where oh, you're yeah. like, okay, mm-hmm. these, you know, these two guys that I've known for, you know, half of my life, like, are understanding that right. it's time to jump ship. Yeah, yeah. And, um, it, it also kind of left the door open to me uh to like i could also leave this now as well like <laughs> anytime you want yeah probably. yeah absolutely um but now that you know their sort of fate isn't hanging on it like uh-huh. uh, i consider changing the name i right. consider just stopping doing it altogether and and picking up another pursuit um but yeah i i oscillated back and forth between a lot of different ideas um but you can do whatever settled. the fuck you want. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think uh, I'm just trying to give this 
I, I feel like I have a lot more to do in this arena. If yeah. that makes sense. Um, absolutely. I, I, the best advice that I ever received was actually, I met a sort of like older, um, I guess counselor figure, but just, uh, just a sage older head of advice in my life. Uh, when I was 18 and putting out that record labor pains, uh, uh-huh. I sent the record to him and he lived in Charlotte and, and drove all the way to Hickory to meet me for coffee and just wanted to like talk about the record and yeah. uh, see how I was doing after like putting out my first release, which was really, really kind. Uh, and he said, I've listened to the record it's really, really wonderful, and I'm really, really impressed with the experience that you've, you know, brought to life. Uh-huh. All of that said, I want to tell you, these are not the best songs that you're ever gonna write. Yeah. Which at first was a confusing thing, uh-huh. but now, and ever since, uh, is the most relieving thing that someone can ever tell an artist that these are not the best songs that you're gonna write. And then to even apply that to like the wider spectrum of life, like. These are not the best friendships you're ever going to have. This yeah. is not the best year of your life that you're ever going to live. Right. Like, it's fine. It's cumulative. Like Absolutely. you're you're working. This there's a You're just a getting better. Yeah. You're just you're just exercising all of these muscles mm-hmm. and they're getting stronger. Yeah. That's that's really solid. Mm-hmm. Um I remember going to a a barbecue or like a yeah, yeah, it was like a neighborhood barbecue uh in eighth grade mm-hmm. and my uh the one of the neighbors was like oh are you excited about high school and i was like yeah and he's like the best years of your life mm-hmm. and oh, my dad no. was sitting there and he's just like i don't i don't uh, think that that's yeah. true and then afterwards he's like if anybody tells you that you're entering the best years of your life don't believe them Wow, that's so nice. You know? Yeah. And I think that, like, that's easy to listen to in your teenage years. Mm -hmm. It's less easy to listen in your college years. It's less easy to listen in your mid-20s. And it's it's probably just going to, like, it it continues to go, right? Mm -hmm. We're all all going to the same place. Yeah. But, you know, the the ability to rest you know within yourself Mm -hmm. definitely develops oh absolutely and that uh so that sort of chaos of the past summer um was met with i i just developed a bunch of ideas about myself that i thought were like the antidote if that makes sense right uh so when i i started therapy in like january and uh when i initially went in i think uh the idea that I had about myself was like, oh, I have to smash structure into my life. I have to yeah. smash like a framework uh-huh. of discipline into my right, life. Right, right. Uh, and that's the way I'll feel calm and centered. But essentially I was just borrowing uh, from a bunch of peers that I envied. I was like, yeah, oh, okay, sure. they do these I, things. Right, I, I want to be like, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, they've got it together. Right right, 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 right. But what I didn't understand was that those healthy habits uh-huh. uh were responses to listening to yourself and right. caring for yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah. It, totally. You know, they weren't just arbitrarily doing these things uh, and and creating them out of thin air because if you just, you know, put all of these things together in the right combination, it's going to make for a healthier life. Like, yeah, totally. some, You're going to wake up and it's going to be fine. Well, I feel like, you know, you go through a similar thing like with profanity too where it's mm-hmm. like, it's like, all right, fuck this. Like, I'm done with this. Right. And it's like, it doesn't work like that. You, oh yeah, you can't just like, and Absolutely. you can't like 
you know, tie it all up in a bow and say like this peace of mind that I have now, mm-hmm. this is what I need to like move forward. Like yeah. that's a really, really like scary false thing. Mm-hmm. I know some people will blame that on uh, an inherent flaw of capitalism that mm-hmm. you can <laughs> right, <laughs> figure right. out someday. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Camus calls it, what does he call it? Like a false philosophy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they exist in so many different aspects of life whether it's like your false philosophy is like a religious belief or it's not having one like they, right yeah they all present some sort of truth that like the truth is a combination and mm-hmm. that shit has to be malleable and it oh has yeah to be like, absolutely you know the yeah. moment it stops working that's when you gotta fucking move it in the direction that works right. for you absolutely and what was really interesting is that i never um I've never been in one community long enough to like when I sort of rejected the orthodoxy of like the Christian community or like their breed of that orthodoxy. Right. Um, I never was in one community long enough to like just get swept into another one. Like, okay, I'm in DIY. There's sort of like an orthodoxy of leftism, even like how you should respond to these things. Um, uh, but I was never in that for long enough. There's sort of an orthodoxy of like post Christianity uh, that you read all of these certain books. You like believe in this way now or practice right, right. this. Was never in that community long enough or constantly enough to uh, get swept away in it. So it's just like I've really had to, um, and I'm not mourning this at all. This is just where my position has been. I've, I've had to like sort of put things together piecemeal for myself. Like yeah. <laughs> I have to figure out an alternative, but I can't buy one right. wholesale. Like there's not yeah. one that's available to me. And totally. I've been on the outside long enough that like just jumping into something wholesale feels really unnatural. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think that like, I think that I was listening to this, your discography over the last few days and, and, you know, really identifying with the idea that like the question kind of always exists no matter what Mm -hmm. you have yeah um and i think that when you come from a background that you know is specific to uh you know a certain set of beliefs then you want to apply like if not that then then a different one and you know from my perspective of being you know vaguely vaguely catholic it's Mm -hmm. just like i really have no idea like if you know, if none or some, mm-hmm. or, you know, yeah, it's just, yeah. it always presents differently. Um, but it's, it's essentially the same thing. It's just like right. figuring out like purpose and, and how to identify with it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I love saying, I don't know. <laughs> it's the best thing mm-hmm. that I think you can do. Yeah. And it's, it's a, uh, it's a proactive, I don't know. Yeah. It's definitely not a passive dismissive. I don't know. Like yep. it's, it's a, I don't know, but I'm I'm always open. I'm always looking. If you're always, always asking, asking questions, yeah. then you then you've at least got a uh, mm-hmm. something to something to fiddle with for yeah. as yeah. long as it goes. Well, I mean, it's it's been you know wild to see the uh, the uh, the progress that's happened in the records that you're making and i i think that you have something something huge to continue continue yeah to chew on moving forward mm-hmm. try to uh try to get it out a little bit quicker this time yeah i think <laughs> I'm, I'm going to uh it i feel like i i understand a little bit better how to do it 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I feel like I understand the creative process a little bit better and how to meet with that part of myself. Right. Um, and also, uh, the process is obviously going to be different because I don't have constant members anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I have collaborators. Um, so there's one difference there, but I also feel like I have a much clearer idea of what I want to say yeah. with this record. That's um, great. That Broken Legged definitely came out of just a really swimmy, like isolated static area. And that's yeah. why a lot of the the lyrics are, I guess, kind of as obtuse as they are. They make a lot of sense to me, but they make tonal sense. Right. Uh, I, I'm well, not it's, sure that they're I pointing specifically at things. I think it's one of the things, too. Things. And it's, some, it's something that I, that I was thinking about, you know, with relation to that question of, you know, feeling like you have to maybe cloak what you're talking about if mm-hmm. it if it pertains mm-hmm. to faith or spirituality. But I think that this is this is a really personal and it's a really particular record. But right. y- you know, you could have never stepped in a church and understood exactly what you were going cool. through. Yeah. And I think that that's that's that. moving. Yeah, so. yeah, I, yeah. I would hope that it would speak beyond the specificity of my experience. Definitely but, does. Thankful yeah. for it, my friend. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening, dude. For thanks for me. coming over. Yeah, of course. All right. <laughs> All right, hey, you know, something that I was really thrilled with in that conversation and something that Caleb and I talked about after we were finished was the fact that there was so much of Broken Legged's publicity that concerned itself with how long it took to release the record that obviously I had a lot of questions about that topic, but being where he is, slightly removed from the record, grappling with his own life currently, it was really an unexpected bit of luck that we were able to have this conversation when we did not fresh off of Broken Legged when that was the key topic of conversation, but getting a chance really to just talk about what's going on and what we're currently going through. Thankful to have Caleb on here and to talk openly and to give me a rare chance to be like, dude, you're fine. It's going to be fine. And you can see that he knows it too. Check out Sinai Vessel online, sinaivessel.bandcamp.com. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Rate it write a review we're on stitcher we're on bandcamp better yet podcast.bandcamp.com tell a friend about the show so much of this comes from y'all sharing it let someone know if you think that they'd enjoy it like it on facebook i'm on twitter at better yet pod the website is betteryetpod.com t-shirts are available at betteryetpod.com slash merch And thank you so much. Thank you, Chloe. Thank you, Lily. Thank you, Jay. Letting me use the second bedroom for doing this thing. Wow. I feel like I'm moving up. Feel like I'm starting new. Thanks to Caleb for coming by. And thank you all for continuing to listen. Come back next week. Thanks, puppas.
deserve this I don't deserve this I don't deserve this I 